Captain's Log, Wednesday, 4.13 p.m., February 19th, 2014. Mike Woodson, still employed. You believe in miracles? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Yes Men. I am Lou DiPietro. To my left, as always, is Doug Williams, my co-host, also the producer extraordinaire of the Chris Sheeran Show, our wow, fellow you, podcast. you didn't have to go through my, you know, my... Your entire resume. Also, yeah. our, our, our highlight voiceover guy. Wow. That makes me sound... <clears throat> I will say that makes me sound like the voice... And no one wants to be the voiceover guy. The voiceover guy. Like, In a world. Like, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Like, the guy that's just, like, there to be a voice. I'm more than a voice, Lou, if that's what you were saying. Well, nobody knows that because they can't see you until we do the video podcasts. Well, I mean, if people go on YesNetwork.com or frequent our YouTube channel, they know exactly what I look like, okay? Uh, this wait, wait. People go on the website and our YouTube channel? Yes. Awesome. Yes, and if you don't, you should. You should. Okay, so what have we been talking about for the last, like, ten minutes, Lou? We've been talking about our plans for Friday because the U.S. national hockey team is playing Canada in the yeah. semifinals. By the way, how awesome was that that we plugged, like, everything we have in the first minute of the podcast yeah, was awesome. surreptitiously? That, that was, was awesome. I'm uh, so excited. I, I really am. I'm, they're playing Canada. Mm-hmm. I wish it was the gold medal match. You would have to wish that, but at the same time, um, the fact that they're just playing Canada is great. The, yeah, it's USA-Canada is the, the Yankees-Red Sox of Olympic hockey uh, at this point. Um, you know, we've been discussing all morning, would it be more awesome if – the USA got to play Latvia if they had pulled off the upset and then went on to, you know, win a gold medal against Sweden or Finland. Or if they – would you rather them lose to Canada in the semifinals, maybe win a bronze or nothing at all, but at least have had the chance to get redemption for 2010? And I've totally been on the – I don't care if we win or lose on Friday. I'm just glad we're playing Canada train. Yeah, it's – oh, man. It's a tough question because – if we were playing Latvia, <clears throat> at least we'd know. Well, we wouldn't know, but we'd know. Kind of, we got a chance for the gold medal, like yeah. because because Canada would have gotten really unlucky. Let's let's face it; they were out shooting Latvia like fifty to twelve, so they just would have gotten unlucky. They were probably the better team. I do kind of wish that we had an automatic ticket to the gold medal match because that's the ultimate goal. But in order to do that, we would have to beat Canada, which would be the ultimate like. High if you're if you're a USA hockey fan. Well, see um, the, the one thing a lot of people don't remember because everyone knows about the miracle on ice, even though like even I wasn't born yet. That's how old it is. But what a lot of people don't realize is that wasn't the gold medal game, right? That, that was the semifinals. Actually, I was about to say it would kind of be like that in the way that they would have beaten Canada and needed to keep winning to win the gold. Right. They still need to either beat you know Big Bank Hank and, right. and top the Swedes or. I don't know who's on Finland's team other than Timu well, Solani. But well, fin- yeah, I was about to say, Timu Solani, who's awesome. <clears throat> I love watching Timu Solani. He plays with that old-school helmet. Probably some guys named Koivu or yeah, Timonen yeah. or Koivu but Nimi they, or others. They they play hard. They, like, they're smaller. You'll notice when you watch them, they're a little smaller. They're very quick, <clears throat> and they're apparently yeah. very annoying to play. And like, anyone who watched this morning's game against Russia knows that they played the trap to perfect. I mean, that was vintage New Jersey Devils trap yeah. to it was, perfection this They morning. are a little bit like the Devils, actually. That makes sense. Um, there was a vintage a vintage mid-'90s Devils trap right there that, that beat Russia. And I, I don't know if I'd put 5-1 to one odds on the Russian hockey coach disappearing between now and the weekend. But, uh, yeah. 
Well, the just like the referees who called the goal off against uh, U.S. Russia when uh, you know the, the the net was off its little hinge. Yeah, and they called the goal off. The referee mm-hmm. disappeared two days later. And it's a shame that the host country will not repeat as hockey gold medalists. It's not a shame. Darn. Oh my god! I guarantee you, the hockey team won't. The host country won't win the 2018 gold medal either. I'm just going to go out on a limb right now and predict that one. Wait, let me figure this one out. It's in South Korea. The Olympics are in South Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that they'll be competing for a medal <clears throat> nope. necessarily. Not so much. Um, then again, no one thought Latvia and uh, you know some of the other teams that that made it were going to do it. So, I mean, realistically, everyone had a chance. Slo- Slovenia. Had a chance. Does Slovenia you know? have any uh, like NHL players? They do. They have one or two, and I forget who they are, but they they do have one at least. And Norway, Zuccarello. Norway's best player and only NHL player, Matt Zuccarello, who happens to be the Rangers' best offensive player, uh, broke his hand. Yep, um, that's, that's I, great. Although I will say, I'm not. That by the way, this has turned into a pure hockey podcast. I promise you. We have Yankees and Nets to yeah, talk about. Do. Don't we, worry about that. And Mike Woodson. We will change. Yeah, Mike Woodson for our intro. Um, but when you break your hand in hockey, like Ryan Callahan was only out for like three weeks, and if you think about it, we're not a week and a day. We're a week and a day away from the first Rangers game, and he's already two days away from his injury or a day away from his injury. <laughs> He'll probably only miss a week and a half, handful of games. Yeah, five or six. Um, you know, that's the downside of Olympic hockey. And apparently I, I didn't see what happened because I was watching the USA game after Derek Jeter's media session. It wasn't a press conference. Um, apparently John Tavares is out yep. as well. So it's like that for every, like for the World Baseball Classic mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mark Teixeira last year, everybody right. was like, oh, the World Baseball Classic. I ended up missing the whole year. So it, it is one of those downsides of in-season international competition that people do get hurt. Yeah. And it's a risk that you have to take. For the most part, well, actually, 100%, Olympic hockey is great for the NHL, though. Oh, absolutely. Because you know how many people, like, I, you know, I watched the U.S.-Russia uh, game with my girlfriend, who who may, next time we watch an NHL game, know more about the sport or care more about the outcome. There are a lot of people, like her, that are watching Olympic hockey for the first time, in, you know, in a long time and watching hockey for the first time in an even longer time, and they're saying... Wow, you know, this sport's really exciting and easy to understand. So that's the NHL's brand getting out the there. The international ice makes things a lot better, too. The, the bigger, wider ice kind of makes the game a little bit more free-flowing, which I think helps a lot. You know, it's it's almost like the inverse of how FIBA's changes in the lane make Olympic basketball pretty much a dunk fest at times. This is, you know, th- this is kind of the inverse of that uh, on the on the grand stage. So... You know, we got USA Canada, we got Sweden against Finland. It's a two battles of neighbors. Winners go on to the gold medal match. On Friday Sunday. in the middle of your work day on Friday will be Canada US. It's almost almost like Super Bowl Monday. That's what Friday's gonna be like. It's gonna be like Super Bowl Monday only magnified because the game's actually happening in the middle of the day. Ugh. A lot of a lot of two and a half day weekends gonna be around. I mean, the, we the have weekends. it easier. We have to count our blessings because we watch sports while we're working mm-hmm. here. It's just sports is always on because we work at the S network. Right. And, so it's fully excusable to have the game on in our cubicles and in our offices, but, you know, it's not the same as it being at 
uh, O'Hannigan's or wherever, whatever Irish bar you frequent, Lou. I was trying to think of the name of the bar from How I, <laughs> I Met Your Mother, and I, literally, I drew a complete I, blank. I just thought of that random Irish bar name. O'Hannigan's. O'Sullivan's down the street. O'Moriarty. There was a, there was an Irish pub we used to hang out at back when I had a previous job called uh, O'Malley's. Yeah, And then we moved it to right. O'Connor's. Yep. So it's, uh, it's O-something or other. That's for sure. Of, uh, a lot of televisions in there. you got some nice wood tables to sit on. Probably oh. a dartboard or two. Yep. Most of which are the, uh, the, the actual best. variety, not Those the electronic. Are the best bars, though. I've been to bars that are, you know, to watch games that are, you know, kind of like chic, you know. And then there are the bars that are just legitimately TVs, bar stools, and just, you know, <clears throat> uh, a dartboard, a pool table, like. Those are the best bars to watch them at, the, Actually, the older bars, you know? You know, I, I still have yet to find a place like that in the Westchester area since I moved there. But Bobby V's, Bobby Valentine's Bar here in Stanford is that oh, that's, place. That's what, exactly, there, exactly what I was picturing. There's 947 TVs <laughs> in a 947-square-foot building. And they have, like, really – they have more than just bar food. They have really good food at Bobby V's they and do. good beer selection. It's, it's an – overall, it's a very – And for as much, you know – I'm not. I can't say the word that I want to say, but for as much of it as Bobby Valentine got, especially when he was manager of the Red Sox, he's actually a really cool dude. Really nice guy. He He'll will, talk to you when you're in there. He will. We we. Uh, I have two good Bobby V stories actually that I can kind of share. One of which was uh, a few years ago. A good buddy of mine got married, but he got married. It was a destination wedding in St. Thomas, so it was in January. So his bachelor party, quote unquote was like the first weekend in January and we got a horrendous blizzard like the day before and then it kept snowing that day and that night kind of like this winter. And uh so we went to Bobby V's for like the I don't know if it would be the early portion of the festivities to get some you know get some drinks and some food and it was the NFL wild card weekend that that year so we were watching the Ravens. I don't remember who they were playing. And there was maybe 20 people in the bar, and we were 12 of them. And, I mean, we just took over the back. They had one of those Papa Shop machines in the back, and, you know, we just kind of took over. One of the other handful of patrons in the bar was Bobby Valentine. And so we're like, oh, Bobby, can we get, you know, blah, 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 because everybody's starstruck by Bobby Valentine at this point in their life. And uh, he's like, yeah, what are you guys all doing here? What's wrong with you? You know, kind of like joking with us. And we're like, oh, it's our buddy's bachelor party. Dude legit bought us, like, a giant tray of wings and a round of shots, which probably would have cost us – a hundred bucks minimum had we just actually bought it, but we just brought it out like here guys enjoy, you know, congratulations to my friend who was getting married and like it was nothing, just like a bunch of random dudes in the bar in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah, you can and tell Bobby was cool like that. You can tell when you go in there that he's happy to have you at his restaurant. He's not just like putting his name on this place and never frequent it. He will right. sit there and <laughs> thank you for going to his place, so I'll get to know you. So that's cool. I mean when you own a restaurant, you want to take pride in what you do. And, you know, talk to the people that have decided against all the other places you could go that you'd go to their place. Yeah, he's – I mean he's a Stanford icon. I mean I know – I know of his legend. You may or may not have been grown up right here too. You know, know much of Bobby Viva, born, played in Stanford, you mm-hmm. know, this, that, the other thing. He's, he's a Stanford guy, so it's kind of a community feel with him. And, uh, you know, obviously it kind of – for a Yankee fan, it kind of sucked to go in there when he managed the Red Sox because they had all kinds of Red Sox paraphernalia on the walls. Naturally, but uh, now it's clean, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, um, the other Bobby V story is when he did the re- first rappel with Brian Cashman a couple years ago down the building. We, you know, we got some media availability. It's like seven thirty in the morning, 
And Bobby V found out me and, and one of the other guys that was with us was from the Yes Network, and he wanted us to come back to the bar, and he was going to buy us some, some beers at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. We're like, dude, we got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. There's nothing I'd love to do more than come back and crush a couple of Bud Lights with you at 8 a.m., but uh, I got I got a job, so I uh, can't, can't do that. Speaking of uh, Brian Cashman, little segue here. Ooh, he, segue. he spoke at um, Derek Jeter's uh, – let's just – Media Derek availability. Jeter's, Derek Jeter's blank. Um, so I don't know if I'd say that because you might get some crazy mad yeah, libs on that quote. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Um, so today was uh, very Derek Jeter. That's basically what it, <clears throat> it wasn't a huge story. There was nothing that came out of it that we didn't really know already. Um, I said this on the Chris Sheeran show earlier to Chris. I just said I think the be- the biggest favor that he's doing all of us with this is – uh, he's he's allowing us not to have to hear the reporters ask the questions for the rest of the season about whether this will be his last here, this mm-hmm. is last here, uh, you know, you're playing so well or you're playing so poorly, are you going to retire at the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. And he allows us to watch him play all year. You know, the people who live down in Florida, there are so many Yankee fans who live there, yep. go to spring training and watch the Yankees, and now they'll be able to know that this is the last time they're seeing Derek Jeter. The guy who has tickets to an August 17th game against the Orioles knows that that's the last time he'll see Mm -hmm. Derek Jeter. So he's done us the favor of closure, of knowing when we will have to say goodbye. Um, So, you know, we did the episode last Mm -hmm. week of just talking to Jack Curry and John Flaherty, so people know our opinions about it. But today was just very Derek Jeter. There wasn't much to it. Yeah, Michael Kay used the word vintage Derek Jeter on his uh, his show earlier this afternoon, and that's exactly what it is. It's, It's Derek Jeter giving you the answers he's comfortable giving you. Derek being Derek and saying, you know, he's always been one of those guys I can either play or I can't. I can do it or I can't. He's not a not a wishy-washy kind of guy like that. And, you know, earlier earlier today, before you got here <clears throat> this morning, you know, Matt Stucco, our video producer, came up to me. And he's like, you know, what what's going to be the deal with this Jeter thing? And all he's He's been here for about six months now, so he got to see the tail end of the Mariano retirement tour. So now he gets to kind of experience the whole thing again. And I said to him, I said, it's I think a lot of it is the finality. Like, this is it. Derek can go out and stink or he can go out and dominate. Either way, he's going to be a man of his word. And on November 1st, his career is over. Period, point blank, end of story, no room for discussion. It's the finality of it, along with a lot of what you mentioned, that if he's, you know, if he comes out and he's hitting 220 in May, people are going to say, oh, Derek Cheater's lost it. And then when he retires at the end of the year, people are going to speculate, even as much as Derek can say no, 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 that he realized he's lost the ability to play baseball. That's the the worst case scenario I'm just projecting there. But that's the scenario is that by doing this now, by saying I'm quitting after 2014, win, lose, or draw, he gives himself the finality, gives the fans the finality, and gives no room for speculation as to why he's retiring. Yeah, that's totally true. Totally true. Very good point. It's basically it leaves him nothing to explain no. because if he does well, people will realize he was telling the truth when he said this morning, this has nothing to do with my, you know, f- my physical status. Right. I just feel like I'm done playing. And if he does poorly, then we'll say, OK, the guy realized he wasn't in great shape. His, his ankle was barking and, you know, he decided to call it quit. It's more of a justification than a consequence at yeah. that point. Yeah. So, you know, we are I, – I said this today, Lou, and it's actually something that I think about a lot. And uh, it's something that you've worked at Yes for longer than I have. Uh, a lot of people, the majority of the Yes Network has worked at Yes longer than I have. But we were lucky – I was lucky to work at Yes last season for Mariana Rivera. 
we are so lucky to work here for moments like this, years like yep. this, <clears throat> when we get to say goodbye to people like Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera. Um, a lot of us have the privilege to be able to watch this and, and, and call it work and be able to, you know, take what Derek does or says and, and put it into this perspective of this is a big deal. His last season in pinstripes. And it's a lot of, I'm sure, you know, it's not just Yankee specific either. A lot of people who work for, you know, Comcast Sportsnet, Baltimore or Masson or wherever they were at the time probably felt the same way about Cal Ripken the year he retired. And someday those people in Minnesota will hopefully feel the same way about Joe Maurer Mm -hmm. when Joe Maurer calls it quits if he stays there and or any other superstar who's spent the majority of their career somewhere and hopefully will finish out in one locale like Mariano and Derek Jeter did. And even Andy Pettit, who you know took a few years off to go to Houston, same thing. I mean, he's Yankee-born, Yankee-bred, been a Yankee pretty much all the way. It's We're privileged to have seen these guys going from, from just for me, knowing from teenage fan to you know dynasty lover to Yes Network employee to professional journalist, that's been Derek Jeter's breath throughout my life from you know my entire his entire career has been spanned between me being a sophomore in high school and November this coming November it's a lot to take in and you you realize on those moments you're very like you said you're very lucky i do remember in 2012 saying to a good friend of mine we were at a game in april and her sandman came on mariano came out for a safe situation i was like and i recorded it and he's like oh what are you doing recording I'm like hey you never know when it's going to be the last time like a week later, he tore his ACL, and I felt like a real jerk. But then, or a genius. <laughs> well, mean, more of a jerk than a genius. I, I would have felt like, a, dude. I would have gone right to him, like, dude. I told you. Did I you told see you that. I told you. I took a video of this. But the point being is that when Mariano walked off that mound last September, after openly weeping into Andy Pettit's shoulder and got a standing ovation that lasted for minutes. I texted that same friend, and I go, see, you never know when it's going to be the last time, but you're lucky when you do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found that, that Derek said today that, that kind of struck me is, A, interesting, B, vintage Derek Jeter, and C, kind of put a little fire in my belly for the season, is that he said he watched that whole thing with Mariano, and this was when he was talking about getting emotional. And he watched that whole thing with Mariano, and he saw how Mariano handled it, but at that point, he knew that was the last time he was going to walk off the mound. The Yankees were out of the playoff hunt at the time. They had three games left in Houston. There was no way they were going to top that moment. He was done. As great as that would be, you know that Derek wants that to happen after Game 7 of the World Series and not a minute sooner. Yeah, He, he doesn't just, want that in mid-September in, in Boston nope, or New York. Nope. And, you know, it would work. It would be very uh, Yankee-like if they did get deep in October. And, yep. and Derek Jeter, if there's anybody that's going to go against all odds – and basically make something magical happen, it's going to be Derek Jeter. We saw him last year with one leg. His first pitch after going on the DL, the second time, he hit it in the right field stance. Mm -hmm. It was like, only Derek Jeter. Hollywood. Yeah. That's the word that's been thrown about, Hollywood. And I'm sorry, but I know there are so many doubters out there about what he'll do this season. It's very possible that he'll break down and hit 220. But I just, I can't count him out. I can't. Nope. Who can? Especially knowing, like Mariano said last year, he's going to leave everything he's got out there between the lines. Right. Because why not? And it does make, in my opinion, mm-hmm. makes Joe Girardi's job a little bit easier. It, still, he'll be rested at the beginning of the season to make sure that he can make it throughout the whole season. 
But it does make you think a little bit like with Mariano last season. Mariano was the Yankees' best reliever at times by far. David Robertson missed some time. David Robertson had thrown three days in a row, and it was like, our starter better get us to the eighth or ninth or we're screwed. Yep. So last year, Joe Girardi just kind of pushed Mo. If <clears throat> Mo was ready, throw him. Two innings, one inning, whatever he's willing to do. If Derek Jeter is healthy this season and proves that he can play shortstop and proves that he's still able to hit, I really think there's going to be days where Jeet, Jeet says to Joe, like, dude, this is it for me. What, let me. Let me go out there. I, I can do yeah. it. I'm in an 0 for 35 slump. <laughs> Whatever. Throw me out there. Put right. me in the lineup. Yeah. And and I love Brendan Ryan's <laughs> quotes yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> Brendan Ryan, Clippers fan, says, uh, says, I went to a Clippers game recently and Chris Paul couldn't play. He said, that's exactly how fans are going to feel when I'm in the game and Derek Jeter's not. Said, and that's a tough spot for him to be in, but he gets it. But He's a pro. The one thing is, I don't think Yankee fans will hate Brendan Ryan no. because, I mean, you know, Yankee fans appreciate great defense and, and a guy that's willing to step in and out of the spotlight. If it was Eduardo Nunez, there uh, might be a little more, yeah. yeah. Well, people know Brendan Ryan's a professional, and, mm-hmm. you know, the Yankees are lucky to have probably the best defensive shortstop in baseball as a backup. Yeah, you know what, maybe, and maybe Brendan Ryan, you know, if there is a last game like Mariano Rivera, you know, had... He'll be the answer to the trivia question like Matt Daly is for Mariano Rivera. You know what I mean? Like who who replaced Mariano yeah. after he came out for his final inning? Yeah. That'll be a better career claim to fame than being the last out of Phil Humber's perfect game in Seattle a couple of years ago. That's pretty much Brendan Ryan's ignominy at it's, the moment in baseball. It, well, either way, Lou, uh, I'm Captain Segway today, so there's another one coming. Just, bada boom, uh, bada bing. Here we go. Either way, it's a uh, it's a big uh, couple of months here for the S Network, considering... Yeah, uh, we got some the, basketball. Yeah, the Nets, the Nets are playing better. I've, by the way, I've never been at yes for the combination of the Nets and Yankees, which is about to happen. It's like an explosion. Um, well, yeah, because you didn't get to experience playoff baseball last year, unfortunately, so it... Uh... Well, no, I'm <laughs> saying... Okay, so the Yankees are starting. The Nets will still be going. Right. So that's when I, I that there's, period. There's of that time. two week overlap. Right. Yeah, that some, little that little period of time that I haven't. You know, sometimes it happens for like a day or two in October when the Yankees are in the World Series and the NBA season starts right. early. But yeah, I see where you're going. But there. the Nets are playing better. They look like a playoff team now. That's not saying much in the Eastern Conference, but <laughs> they they I think we can say with you know confidence that they will be a playoff team they made the trade today with the sacramento kings jason terry and uh bench rider uh reggie evans for marcus thornton the matt stucco all-stars headed out west <laughs> our colleague matt stucco loves talking to both jason terry and, and reggie evans like they're his two best friends on the team like they always do interviews with him he's gotten his hysterical stuff with them and i uh, today i just i knew stucco was was editing and i just go stucco and he's like, what? And I go, uh, Nets traded Jason Terry and Reggie Evans. And I just hear, come on. It's sort of like me with Jerry Stackhouse last year. And, and our, our social media coordinator, Melissa, will, will tell this story to anyone who wants to hear it about how last year one of our key things was, you know, you get the postgame sound and Sarah Kustak would talk to whoever had the good game or various players. We would always try to grab like a web exclusive, me and Joey Oriyama. And somehow I always ended up talking to Jerry Stackhouse because he was like that guy that was just always there. And it was like after a while, you know, you kind of become road boys, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. Because like, oh, what's up? You know, kind of thing. That was him where Reggie – like Reggie Evans was his boy and now his boys in Sacktown, I, I yeah. guess. I find it a little weird that Jason Terry is now a Sacramento <laughs> king. I don't know – well, I, I don't understand NBA trades sometimes because I think – 
teams give up a lot to get a piece back that they need. It's a little bit like the trade that the Nets, the the Knicks, I'm sorry, are going for right now, which is Ray Felton and Iman Shumpert for a point guard. But they're not talking about point guards that are as athletic or talented as Iman Shumpert. They're talking about a better point guard than Ray Felton. Based, so it, based on the way they've played, they'd be lucky if they get some Gatorade back for those two. No, but I would legitimately, if I if I were in the in the Knicks organization, first of all, I'd quit. Second of all, <laughs> second, I'd sell my season second, second of all, I would trade Ray Felton for anything I could find. I, I just think he's on his way down. But <clears throat> couple um, of, couple of cases of K cups, you can have them. The Nets are definitely uh, uh, looking good. I do think that they're hope they're hopefully making this trade for Jordan Hill uh, on the Lakers. That trade is important because they just traded away Reggie Evans. And right. I know that Reggie Evans hasn't been on Jason Kidd's, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. We'll call it a radar. Radar, I mean, been yeah. On, yeah. Um, he hasn't been on his radar. He was on, you know, I guess he wasn't on Lawrence Franks, but he was on P.J. Carlissimo's. He was on yep. um, Avery Johnson. Avery leaned on him heavily last year, and then when everybody kind of got hurt and stuff got jacking around and Hump had some bad games, he kind of became the guy. And now that he's gone, Jordan Hill would make sense because yeah. you've lost another big man on a team that doesn't even have a center in one, the first place. One of the many failed first-round picks of the Knicks over the last decade, Jordan I Hill. I always forget that. Channing not, Fry is another. Might as well change his name player. to not Steph Curry because that's pretty much what Knicks fans think of him. Uh, yeah, the thing is with, with that trade, you know, it's a money consideration, obviously. They had to match salaries. Terry and, and Evans kind of are close to where Marcus Thornton is, at least within the 125% rule, so they're good there. Yeah, it gives them a roster spot. That's the point. Right, really. and they already had one roster spot, too, because when they uh, when they made all those trades with, with Toko and trading for Teague and getting rid of Tyshawn Taylor, they, ha- they opened up a roster spot. So now they have two, and they have that disabled player exception from Brooke Lo- the Brooke Lopez injury, which is worth right. like five and change right. million. I'm not sure the exact number. It's a lot of money. They have the spot. They have the, the real estate and the money. It's going to hit them in the luxury tax, obviously, because they still have to pay that. It does. I, I did wonder this. First of all, Andrew Bynum signed with the Pacers. Has he been playing? I have no idea. Yeah, I haven't I watched the Pacers game in months. I yeah, I haven't watched them play. <clears throat> but it, it made sense for him to sign with legitimately every other team in the NBA besides the Pacers, who have like nine small power forwards and three centers. Yeah, but they have the <clears> – <throat> out of the entirety of the East, they have a 50% chance of making the NBA Finals. Right. But I just didn't – it didn't make sense to me because they have uh, Mahimi and they have uh, Roy Hibbert. And I – so anyway, what I'm getting at is – the Nets could have easily, right now, if he was still available, signed Andrew Bynum. Because they don't have a real center. I mean, Kevin Garnett is plays well at the five. But I'm pretty sure that shows you what kind of player Andrew Bynum is at this point of his career. He'd rather ride the pine and try to win than play and suck. Well, maybe he didn't. Why do you think he wanted out of Cleveland? Yeah. Well, the Cleveland situation, I don't know what it is about that <laughs> city. But Kyrie Irving. Have you ever I, been to Cleveland? I, That's uh, what it is about that city. Actually, to be honest with you, I haven't. Oh. But. It's very nice. Kyrie Irving went to the All-Star game and put on a show. Mm-hmm. He hasn't made that much effort in a Cavs game this year. Why would you? Well, uh, for, now, for now, love of the game or pride in your craft. Okay, see, or... now, see I, I see I see you're going to say that, but I don't say this to be sarcastic or to be an, an a-hole. But if you're Kyrie Irving and you're coming up in the – people know how good you are. The Cavaliers are going nowhere. It shows you what kind of person maybe Kyrie Irving is. Yeah. But – there's only there's only so far you can carry something before you drop it. But you know what I'm saying? At the beginning of the year, if I were Kyrie Irving, I would have sat Andrew Bynum down and I would have said, "Bro, this is a combination that not many teams have, which is a possible all-star center and a dynamic all-star point guard." Mm-hmm. And I would have said, "Play your hardest, stay in shape, 
work hard on the court and 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 keep your knees healthy and we we have a playoff team look at the eastern conference dude and let let's ride not to mention they have you know i mean they have a lot of quality they have luol dang well, now they do. They didn't yeah, be in the year, but, but they, have, they have him. They have Jarrett Jack, who was you know in the running for sixth man of the year a couple times. They have um, Tristan Thompson, who's starting around in his own. Vera Jow, who, despite the fact that he looks like Sideshow Bob, is a double double machine. They have Dion Waiters. <clears throat> Dion Waiters was a great draft pick. Yeah. last year, uh, Anthony Bennett has kind of been lost oh, in the boy, shuffle I there. But I mean, they the did guy. have the number one pick last year. You know that uh, Anthony Bennett may may have been in the 20s in the first round if he was coming out of this year's draft class? Yeah, probably. That's if Isn't that. that insane how that can happen to an NBA franchise? And they have Matthew Dellavedova, who is notable for having great hair in a Western Conference, uh, West Coast say, Conference profile. Can't say I've heard of him. But think about that. I watched a lot of WCC basketball over the last few years. This year. The Insomnia Special. If you've watched Jabari Parker play, the, the, the readiness, the NBA capabilities that that guy has in the middle of his college season dwarf – those of Anthony Bennett. Jabari Parker, Andrew Wiggins um, as well. Outside of keeping up with Temple basketball, like college basketball has kind of been a blur to me this year. Outside of a handful of stories, like uh, the guy from Creighton, Doug McDermott. You know, he's creeping up on that like greatest college player of all time kind of mantle. Yep. Um, but even a guy like him, I mean, you know, <laughs> obviously guys who are four-year players at mid-major schools aren't exactly top overall draft picks most of the time. He's going to be a top five pick because the dude just scores and scores and scores and scores. And, you know, he's he's good. Yeah. But to the, to the, the bottom line, he's good. Bennett had one good year at a mid-level team. I you wouldn't know, pretty even say team. they're a mid-major because that conference is pretty good. And UNLV has been a national power in the past. Shout out to Grandma Ma and Plastic Man from the early 90s. But, uh, you know, he just uh, – eh, whatever. Wait, we were going to – I mean, we were gonna do. Uh, nobody from that draft is really doing that well. So we're at we're at thirty minutes, Lou. <clears throat> uh, we were gonna do crazy stories from the weekend. As you know, I don't really have any. I had kind of a lame weekend. Well, it was fun. It's just like nothing that you guys, r- listeners, would care about. You know. Well, I went skiing this weekend. Okay, it's the first time I've ever been on skis. It will Wait, be the really? last. Really? Yes. Yeah. You've never been on skis. Before. Never been on skis. No. It's. I thought you went skiing like two weeks ago. No, when, whenever you went we tobogganing or something, we we go snow tubing. Which which by the way, next year we absolutely need to jump in on the U.S. National Toboggan Championships. We uh, yeah. need to be in on that. Yeah, that's that, that looked, looked like a fun. that looked like a blast. Okay, so um, you're on skis for the first time. Did not work out very well. Um, did you get boots? Did you did you buy anything or no, did you we, rent we, everything? We rented. My, my fiance is a. I won't say avid skier, but she oh, enjoys so she, she enjoys ski. skiing. Yeah, she she goes with whatever, and, and so she asked me to try it because whatever. Growing up, I wasn't uh, I wasn't exactly a rich kid, and that's kind of one of those sports that a when you live in Connecticut isn't always readily available, and b is kind of expensive to do unless you're really into it. So I never did it. Um, <clears throat> so you know they had the rental package. A friend of mine is an instructor at Mount Snow. You know, has a house up there. So yeah, come up for the weekend. Blah blah blah. Whole shebang. Whatever. Anyone who's ever studied third grade science can probably figure out the equation that gravity plus large amounts of mass equals velocity. Oh my and, god, you must have been a bowling ball. And when you can't stop because you don't know how, 
that velocity can do things like undercut small children oh, on snowboards. Oh, no. I was going to ask if you hurt anybody. Did no, you I, run didn't, anybody? I didn't hurt anybody, but I did almost nearly break my neck trying to avoid running over a poor seven-year-old kid on a snowboard. I'm imagining you just being like, I'm not, I can't stop. Can't stop. I just yelled, just, coming in hot. And just like, that was uh, it. Just like uh, Griswold in Christmas Vacation when he gets on the, uh, the oiled uh, yep. like, can <laughs> thing. Slide. and just goes. And ends up in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, That's exactly. the one, yeah. Yeah, that's what it looked like. So uh, after about two and change hours of my three-hour lesson, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tap out while I'm ahead and go hang out on the bench. And that's what I did. Did you eat any waffles? I did. I had a couple. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) Because I was going to say that I've probably gone skiing ten times in my life. And which I can't tell if that's a lot or a little. Like there are ski aficionados out there that would laugh at that. But there are people like you who never have gone to a mountain. And that probably sounds like a lot, but to me, it, it's a small, small, teeny, tiny part of my life. What I hate about skiing is the schlepping. Like, you have to wake up early. Like, even when you don't wake up early, you really have to. You wake up at, like, 8.30 at the latest. You wake up at 5 at the earliest to get out and beat the crowds. Mm-hmm. You put on the clothes. You get the boots. and You put them on. You walk weird for, like, a mile to the mountain. You strap in. You got to get the pass. You, you again. You're just waddling everywhere you go. You slap, strap into the skis. You finally, you, you know, you cross country ski for a hundred yards. So you get to the chairlift. <clears throat> you get on this moving cold seat, and you just you just slowly move up to the top of a mountain, and then you go back down it again. Like it really is the height of stupidity if you think it's, about it. It's sort of like George Carlin's old routine about golf, where it's like you know you hit a ball that's this big on a land that's this big, then you walk after it, you hit it again. But like, it, it's, it, it's it sort of like that. that. It is like that. It's like in a hundred years when people will be like playing with clones of their uncle, like holograms like, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going to be like, how bored were these people? Like they legitimately were were going on little. On little pieces of plastic, just flying down mountains, and then and then just being like, let's just go up again. That was great. When slalom ski texting is added to the 2070 Olympics, once you or some other bogus yeah, event like freestyle skiing, once you've done it enough times to be able to you know get down the hill without injuring a seven year old child, you're going to start putting headphones in. That's when it gets fun. Is when you're able to like listen to some music. When it becomes a mindless activity, right? Because right. you know how to do it, right? And you're comfortable at the mountain. You know the certain, uh, you know, runs and everything like that. There's nothing worse than a than a really really steep hill. Um, I've 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 had times where I've like gotten on a run and been like, oh wow, like this is a double black diamond. I am not capable of doing this, and I've just like slowly like slid down on my butt all the way down. When you pizza, when you want a French fries, yeah, the, yeah. the pizza, yeah. No, see, the thing with me is that I enjoy the snow. <clears throat> and I will go snow tubing all day long. I, you know, Mount Snow snow tubing was not as epic as the one I talked about at Camelback. You know, a few weeks back when I went when I went to the Poconos, but it was fun. I enjoy doing that. It's like you kind of get the race element to it. It's it's whatever, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it much more when I have children. Skiing is not my bag. I did go snowshoeing the next day, which is quite a workout. A lot of fun though. Yeah, snowshoeing and cross country <laughs> skiing both sound like elective torture to me. It's like. Hey, you want to you want a really difficult you know walk? You want you want <laughs> to go put your feet in skis. You want you want yeah you want to go sweat while you you know you you have a lot of clothes on to to combat the cold, but you're going to sweat your butt off, and you're going to walk about a mile and then turn around again. It's just like you know what I need a little 
I, I like to say that I like more action than that, but in reality, that's too much action. I'll probably be at home on the couch. It's sort of like cross-country skiing to me is sort of like the scooter. It's like you can walk or you can ride a bike, but for watching, those who don't do it. Have you been watching the cross-country skiing? The guys cross the finish line. They're running on fumes. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. They're, they cross the finish line and they just pass out because they're going for like 20 minutes and they're, they're like going up hills on these. Oh, just Well, it's like, only the first few because like after, you know, you're out of the metal contention, you're just kind of like, yeah, if I finish fifth or 30th, who cares? Yeah, they dog it. You they, know, they, they kind of just – although last night I was watching snowboard cross on the Olympics and dudes were doing like random like like flip slides to cross the finish line to qualify for the finals and stuff, which is – I, I enjoy when they crash because I'm kind of a, a jerk. <laughs> oh, you're one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. Yay! He crashed. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, you know, but, yeah, it's, it's I don't know. Snowshoeing was fun. It's quite a workout. Skiing was a workout, too. I, I definitely earned all the beers I drank this weekend. Let's put it that way. So this is an episode of The Yes Men as an example of when there's not much going on in the sports world. We never actually even talked about Mike Woodson, did we? No, All but right, he should be fired. Let's sum it up the, in three sentences. The Knicks have stopped caring. They stink. Fire him already. They're done. 13 games under 500. Yeah, it's it's enough. He's a good guy, a good coach, but uh, they Unload need the else. entire team yep. at the trade deadline. Yep. Start over. Which is tomorrow, by the way. <clears throat> it's so, about 24 hours, not yeah. even. All right. Well, this has been another successful edition of how Lou and Doug get off topic about things and go 30 minutes without even trying. But I think I – think those are it's our, our better best shows. work. Yeah, yeah, I think it's our best work. It's got to be the most interesting to listen to. Because I so. you can go listen to, you can go listen to anybody if you want to hear sports, right? You know, hey, it's always good to have a little fun. We got, uh, you know, we got all your Derek Jeter stuff covered. Just go to yesnetwork.com if you want to see anything that happened today at the media availability from any specific singular quote to. Joe Girardi's reaction to Jack Curry and Meredith talking about it. To We've cut every video. Whatever. We have one <clears throat> video that's just – it's two seconds of Jeter clearing his throat. <clears> throat> yeah. We have and cut – Yeah, it's just <clears> – <throat> and that's it. 10,000 views. There's All the right. one where he readjusts his hat and kind of does the shoulder yep. thing. Yep, that's four seconds. Point being, if you need, if you really need more on that Derek Jeter media availability, it's on YesNetwork.com. As no matter, is anything Brooklyn Nets, yeah, no matter Yankees. What you, want. Yep. Um, you can follow along with the Nets trade deadline activities on YesNetwork.com and everything else. And uh, I think that's going to put a wrap, a bow, on this very semi-successful edition of, of the podcast. Yep. Okay. I'm good if you are. Can we say goodbye now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, hold on. In three, two. That's going to do it, everyone, for this edition of the Yes Men. As always, I'm Lou. He's Doug. If you have not already, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us. Review us. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your neighbors' friends. Tell your friends' neighbors. And tell anyone else you want. And then it'll get back to us. And then it'll get back to Six us. Six degrees of separation. And I'll be like, dude, I, I am on the show. I know. So it's Yeah, a- I have heard of the Yes Men. Okay, I just edited an episode. But that's it for us. Also up on the on the web, uh, the Chris Sheeran show with uh, Chris and Doug talking about uh, Jeter and the Nets and pretty much everything else we talk about with a slightly different slant. So go listen to that. Listen to us. Keep coming back. And until next week, see you.